which is the sanjay which is the best place to hide a body i don't know <laughs> maybe uh, in your backyard if you have one <laughs> on the second page of google <laughs> wow <laughs> isn't it nobody sees on the second page of google yeah nobody goes beyond uh, first scroll and <laughs> not even second page indeed hello everybody welcome to another episode of rocklast radio today onwards we are going to going to take an other niche in our podcast and today joining us is mr sanjay ko kosuri joining us is mr sanjay kosuri who is a senior product manager in marketing he has 15 plus years of experience in b2b marketing in the it industry is based out of bangalore and we are going to have a lot of fun discussion with case studies and examples about marketing so stay tuned till the end and do comment and see the description for all the links let's go uh, sanjay welcome to the show Could you please tell a bit about yourself and your experience? Yeah, definitely, Tanmay. So uh, thanks, everyone, and first of all, thanks to Tanmay for hosting me on this show. I know a podcast and um, the YouTube videos are the way forward to learn more about different topics, and I'm thankful that you know you included B2B as one such topic. So I have a close to 18 years of work experience. So I'm I'm from Andhra Pradesh, you know. particularly specifically from shakapatnam so i did my engineering in electronics and then uh, i moved to bangalore did my mba here i started my career with sap labs as a research analyst in their competitive and market intelligence team and then you know moved to hp as a business analyst and then i had a pretty long tenure at ibm for about close to 8 years where i performed different roles starting from competitive uh, intelligence manager to uh, a portfolio marketing manager to digital strategist and finally i also had a bit of experience in as a data strategist before exiting ibm then i did couple of things with mid size it firms and currently i work with a company called as ignite as a senior product manager so we are into unified content intelligence platform uh, with very very strong security and compliance um, you know offerings so in nutshell that's about me So out of my 18 years of experience, I think I did close to 17 years into B2B marketing. As I said, played multiple roles, starting as a market research analyst and then becoming a competitive intelligence analyst, doing content marketing, demand gen, uh, brand marketing, and recently I also had the opportunity to do employee branding. You know, which is again a very budding area in B2B marketing. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's continue. Great. Right? Very interesting. <laughs> So, for starting with basics, for those who don't know anything about marketing, what is B two B marketing? Yeah, so let let for the benefit of our for our readers or users, you know, I'll I'll keep it very very simple. So yesterday, you know, after our discussion, you know, I had a small discussion with my daughter, you know, thirteen year old daughter, and I asked her, uh, her name is Siri. I said, Hey Siri, do you know what is the difference between B two B and B two C? And she said, I know. I, I asked her, you know, can you explain? Yeah, it's very simple. You know, in B two C there is C, and B two B there are two Bs. So that is the main difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on a lighter note, you know, it it was funny, but I tried to explain her, thirteen year old, and I tried to do the same uh, to our users. See, B two C is more like a 
love marriage, right? You know, you have a boy, you have a girl. You don't need to market yourselves to anybody. If the boy likes a girl, girl likes a boys, you're good to go and get married. B2B marketing is more like a arranged marriage. So the first, the, you have to sell the boy to the girl and then girl to the boy. And then, to, and then you need to sell them to their parents and vice versa, to their neighbors, to their close friends, to every word across the chain. And after that, the horoscope should match. And then the finances should match, the economics should work out, and finally they'll take a call. This is the basic difference between B2B and B2C marketing, right? And when you ask me what is marketing, marketing is very simple. It's a very systematic approach in creating awareness and demand for your products and services. Now the textbook marketeers or professors may disagree with me, but you know I'm trying to keep it simple for the benefit of our users. So as I said, B2B marketing is very, very complex compared to B2C because the number of decision makers starting with the person who uses to the, to the person who writes the check, multiple people are involved. And as a marketeer, unless and, understand, unless and until you understand the buying process in the organization, you will always fail to effectively market your product and make a breakthrough into an account. So that is how uh, different uh, you know parameters work in B2B marketing. As a side note, B2B marketing means business to business and B2C yeah. means business to customer or consumer. Business to consumer, business to customer, yes. How is marketing different from sales? See, marketing and sales go hand in hand. See, uh, sales can be termed or looked as a transactional activity, even though it is not. Sales has a very defined KPIs. KPIs means key performance indicator. Okay, if I'm a seller, I may get a sales target of achieving uh, maybe one crore in a quarter. So it's very transactional. The KPI is straightforward. For marketing, the KPIs are entirely different. And it's not about always bringing the revenue, right? Marketing is always about creating the demand. So how you create the demand? You look at as a funnel approach, right? You have a funnel, right? A V-shaped funnel, where first of all, you have product or service. The first thing is you, you have to make sure that the people know, at least your target market know about your product and services. Number two is once they know, then they should accept your product. They should consider your product while they're making a purchasing, right? The third one is once you qualify that, okay, there is an opportunity and this particular company is interested in my product and services, then you pass on this opportunity to the sales team. So the marketing creates demand, the marketing identifies the demand, the marketing identifies the opportunities where the demand is and who is interested. Then the sales comes in, the shake and happens between sales and marketing. Then sales takes the opportunity forward. So that is how marketing and sales depot. Can we take an example with a company and which part of it is marketing? So first take Apple. So what is marketing and what is sales in their process of what they do? Okay, we are talking about Apple. Okay, uh, so Apple is a very, uh, I would say, okay, I, let, let, let us break this down. Okay, when we are talking about sales, you know, there are different types of sales teams, right? See, Apple may become a B2C example here because, you know, the, the consumers go and purchase Apple products. Um, 
organizations at large will go and purchase Apple laptops or iPads for their departments. You know, maybe we can use that as an example and not the Apple uh, iPads and smartphones here. So what happens with marketing team is, first of all, <clears throat> before the marketing team, the product team comes into play. You know, it's called product management team. So this is the team who are responsible for creating the product vision, starting with, you know, maybe the product design to technical features to usability. They also look at several use cases. For example, if they want to have a tap button, I mean, a double tap button on a mobile phone, they they have to think about the use case. You know, what kind of use case, what kind of problems that this tap button solves, for example, right? So they create the product vision and then they start working with the product marketing team and the development team simultaneously. The product marketing team will closely work with different stakeholders in creating the positioning for the product. Okay, we have ABC competitors in the market, for example, Dell, HP, and maybe one more player. How are we different from the other players in the market? For example, if you're talking particularly about Apple, Apple laptops or devices are known for exceptional user experience. Right? They are known for exceptional cameras. They are known for security. And they are known for stability of the software performance. I mean, it never hangs. Right? It, it never breaks. You know, nobody can hack it. So all these benefits that Apple delivers compared to the nearest competitors like HP, Dell, or other. And the design is sleek and it, 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 so uh, it, it makes you feel valued you know, if you have an Apple laptop in your palm because you know it, it adds to your personality so using all these different uh, you know advantages they come up with a product positioning message after that the next step is they need to identify where the demand is okay how they identify demand they identify demand based on many factors out of which primary uh, source of information is the market research and market growth okay there are five or seven continents on earth, okay, where the demand is, okay, where they are seeing buying potential. Is it in US markets, European markets, Indian markets? They need to pick a market. And then the marketing will start doing a market entry. It's called market penetration. If there is strong brand like Apple, you know, they have money and muscle to uh, hire a celebrity in India and maybe promote it to a celebrity like Shah Rukh Khan or Virat Kohli, okay. If there if a company who doesn't have money and muscle, the other way to entry the market is through partnerships. Okay, for example, uh, Dell or HP can look at entering into the market through partnership with Microsoft because you, you know they offer Microsoft OS as as the default uh, operating system on the devices, and through Microsoft, you know they, they become partners and try to enter Microsoft accounts and upsell these devices. In this case, since Apple has very, very strong brand name, brand recall already, they can target companies that are heavily focused on design aspects. For example, I'll take my our company's example, Ignite. You know, we are a product company and we are heavily focused on design. And our go-to uh, uh, laptop, you know, for most of the cases is Apple because of uh, the processor speed and the performance that it delivers compared to other, right? So once they identify the target markets and who are likely to buy, the next thing is go and do very targeted digital uh, marketing uh, campaigns or maybe, uh, you know, uh, be at different uh, tech events 
to showcase their products and how we deliver value to them. So when they start establishing their mind presence within the target buyers, then it becomes very easy for them to create opportunities by asking them for meetings, via telecalls or through email messages or through other forms of uh, targeting like um, paid campaigns, right? And then creating uh, uh, and then reaching out to the respective teams like CEO, CTO, recruitment teams and getting the deal done. So this is how typically it works. But uh, since Apple is, is a product, you know, which has a great brand name, you know, the efforts to upsell may be lesser compared to a newcomer who is trying to break through into the market. So for a newcomer who is doing SaaS service as a, a product, uh, what are the avenues for marketing for them? See, see my there are two types of companies. Okay. One is product company. And then with services company. Let me explain the difference between a product company and service company. Yeah, so product companies are somebody like, uh, let us say, let, let's let's think about uh, a Microsoft. Okay, everybody in the household by default uses Microsoft products, like Microsoft Word, or PowerPoint, Microsoft Teams, for example. These are standard products, right? And there are services companies like TCS, Wipro, okay? They work closely with the product companies or they work closely with the end, end clients, okay? And build very specific solution which meets their unique, um, you know, requirements, okay? They don't have any in-house product, but they tailor product based on their requirement, okay? For example? For example, let us say uh, that you know we are working on this uh, we are recording this podcast on the on riverside platform okay let us say you wanted a very specific feature where every time i crack a joke okay by default you want a emoji to pop up on the screen currently riverside doesn't offer such feature here right so you approach a services company and say hey can you do this can you add this feature on this platform? So I create this very specific niche, uh, you know, offering only for you, right? And for this, you know, I may charge X amount of money, right? Maybe, uh, you know, a few dollars or something like that. And it's only exclusively for you. It can become a USP for you whenever, you know, I crack a joke or, you know, I make a particular expression, you know, these emojis will start coming up and it's more engaging. It may increase your engagement rate and finally, you know, it may become viral also. This is Got a very it. simple example. Similarly, so if I give another example, a freelancer who's developing website is a service provider, but exactly. Vix or GoDaddy who, uh, who give you capability to create those websites with AI, they are giving products. Exactly, exactly. So what happens is, um, most of the B2B companies, you know, when you were talking about B2B companies and we're talking about banks, financial institutes or manufacturing companies, all these companies, you know, serve to the masses. When I say serving to the masses, a bank will have millions of customers. A manufacturing unit may have thousands of distributors, right? So every company has their unique problems to solve and a product company may not fit into the requirements of every other company's um, uh, uh, you know needs 
that is where the services company you know becomes very very important in bridging that gap between the product companies deliver uh, product offerings as well as the end user requirements so how to market a entry level saas company okay first what of all saas saas is software as a service okay so if you ask me to explain what is software as a service for example uh we use so it's gmail. a product or a service software as a service it's a product okay but I, let me explain you know it has service as a keyword um, in the definition but you know you're saying it's a product okay let me explain how software as a service works let us what is the difference between a own house and a rented house okay software as a service is like a rented house right so if you are purchasing a product okay you install that product onto your laptop okay it is your proprietary okay you have the license okay and you use it for how long you know nobody will will uh, disturb it and you can use it for your lifetime no questions asked similar the same thing happens with your own house you can stay in your own house no questions asked it's all yours but when it comes to rented house rented house or rented property okay you rent it for a year right and it comes with some uh, conditions preconditions right okay you have to pay the electricity bill on time you have to use only uh, uh, you have to pay extra to use additional services like clubhouse and others and things like that you know you have to pay extra for car parking area and things like that okay and after every year you renew it and then you continue using it but what is the difference between rented house and own house is in own house you need upfront capital to purchase it but in rented house you don't need upfront capital right for how long you want to stay you will stay and you and you use it uh for the amount of, for this for the number of days you stay in that house same uh, the concept remain the same with software as a service it's it's, it's like and in your rent huh? and also in the rented house the maintenance and the taxes are paid by the owner not you owner isn't it so updates exactly. 2.0 3.0 exactly exactly so what happens in software services is in you go and you subscribe for a service for a year and you buy add-ons for example as a default you may get 1 terabyte storage space to utilize if you need more storage you can you pay a little extra you buy extra storage and use it you may need some additional software features like you know converting a pdf document i mean word document into a pdf document you pay little extra you get it right and you use it for how long you require and then you unsubscribe and subscribe so the capital cost will be very very less at the same time it's easy to acquire easy to start you don't need to break your head on installing you don't need expert support in setting up a system everything is taken by taken care by the vendor itself so that these are the advantages okay so for any newcomer in software as a service it's very very important to identify the product niche okay see the software company is crowded now i mean you get solutions for any problem that you define on this earth the first and foremost is is to defining a product niche okay what problem are you solving and number two is how is it how will it benefit the end users okay and you, and you know what is the give back to them so the, when i say give back are you saving time are you saving money 
or are you helping them to get better in terms of streamlining their operations or helping them in their, in their, in their innovation or maybe helping them in any form that will deliver a short-term or long-term economical benefit. Only if you have this, then you can think about entry into the market. The second thing is always, always identify who are your target audience. Target audience are the audience who use it end of the day. Okay. And you identify who are the influencers, who are the decision makers. Okay. Influencers are the people who can be internal to the organization and external to the organization. Who, who can be internal influencers? <clears throat> For example, a project manager can be an internal influencer. Your colleague can be an influencer who recommends a solution for your problem. Number three, decision makers. Who are the decision makers? He, who, these, guys, these, these are the people who are put at the C-level, like CEOs, CTOs, Chief Financial Officers, Chief Technology Officers, Chief Information Officers, Chief Executive Officers. <clears throat> so once you do this, the third and most important thing which we need to keep in mind is, is there an opportunity for this market? And what is it? Opportunity size. Okay. If I if I'm position depending on that, I have to position my product into the market. I know that my my particular feature has 100 million opportunity in US. Okay. So my out of 100 million, my product <coughs> can look at grabbing, let's say 2% or 3% of market share. It is 2 to 3 million to start, which, which I think is a very, very good number for a startup uh, to uh, target and go into the market with. Once the company is very, very clear in these three things, like what is my uh, unique selling proposition of a product, who are my target audience, and is there a market opportunity or not? Once you have these three things, next step is to thinking about a market entry strategy. Should I partner with the, with IT vendors who are in the market already? So if you want to partner with IT vendors or IT service vendors who are already in the market, you go and target and, and, and market your product to IT vendors. You got it right? Or should I go and directly market my product to the end users or the target companies whom I want to do business with? Okay. So once you what are, are clear, examples of IT vendors, what are examples of IT vendors? Let us say, uh, let us take companies like TCS, Infosys, Wipro, and all these big service players. Okay, and there are more than thousand or ten thousand IT service vendors in India and in US who are serving US markets. Okay, among them, you need to identify with whom you can partner with. For example. If you are selling a online storage space, for example, right? Like Dropbox or Box, you know, they are into storage and they sell online storage. Who they can partner with? They can partner with IT service companies who are focused on, let us say, media and entertainment industry. You know, who create a lot of files and who need a lot of storage space to save their files. You may partner with IT service vendors who are serving universities and, and schools when they create a lot of content and they need space to store it, right? So identifying the synergies of your product with the companies who likely to benefit from your from selling your services is very, very important. Okay. I have a question on that. 
So these these companies are very big, Wipro and these companies yes. that you named. Why would they want to tie up with a somebody who's coming new to the market? Can't they just see that what he's doing and copy and do their provide their own service in that way? See, uh, <laughs> they can do it, but let me tell you how a company like TCS works. Acquiring a product or a technology is much much easier than developing in house. Oh. That is why I said, you know, what is the USP? What problem are you solving? And how big is the opportunity that your product creates? If there's a hundred million opportunity or maybe a 500 million opportunity and you have a ready-made product to take it to the market. Okay. I can partner with you. And by taking your product faster into the market, I'll get complete advantage, right? You know, I'm sitting in a hundred million dollar deal. And I, and I play this, your product is a trump card saying, hey, you know what? I can solve this problem with this product. And, you know, uh, we have uh, everything ready for you to plug and play. And uh, maybe, you know, the very next moment they say, okay, this looks interesting. Why don't we get started with a small pilot and then scale it? Okay. I might have spent maybe six months or one year developing this product. And I might have built very neat skill set that may not be very easily to replicate and learn. Okay. If a company takes their own sweet time to build their in-house capabilities in developing this product, I may partner with five or six different companies and you know, they are already into the market at least one year or six months ahead of ahead in time. Right. So time the biggest money. advantage, biggest advantage of partnering up with a uh, IT vendor is that it's easier for them to acquire than to develop their own. And secondly, if they're very keen on your product is solving a really good problem in a niche, they would even acquire you after doing a test run or a pilot run. Exactly. So if you look at many companies, like yeah, for example, well. you know, it could be Microsoft or Oracle's or IBM's, any company, you know, if you just go, go to Google and say IBM plus acquisitions or Oracle plus acquisitions, you know, they are very, very aggressive in acquiring small and niche players, you know, who they believe add value to their overall, you know, platform or service offerings. It's, it's very, very easy for them. You see, let's not only look at a technology standpoint, you know, as you, as you said, technology can be built over time and, you know, over time they can build better products and services than, you know, what, a, you know, startup or a new player can offer. Along with technology, you know, the biggest challenge in today's market is the talent. Okay. Acquiring talent, trust me, Tanmay, is, is a very, very painful process. Okay. Painful. And painful process, right? And, um, uh, you know, along with acquisition, you get access to phenomenal talent in the market. In, 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 in other words, it may take up to, you know, two to three years to acquire that kind of talent and build products and services, you know, that are valuable to the organization. Again, coming back to marketing here. So uh, once you decide to take the partner route, then what you do is you start doing co-marketing activities. That means, you know, you promote your offerings along with your partner into to the companies whom you believe the opportunity is. And the marketing will always say, hey, my product and TCS or Wipro will deliver this benefit to you. Please come and work with us. Okay. As I said, marketing follows a marketing funnel. We create awareness. Once we create awareness, 
we create interest and then we'll see if they really want to do business with us i'll go in detail on how we kind of analyze the interest of the target audience and then we pipe it to the sales team okay done done deal if we want to directly go and sell to the end users or the organizations that we want to do business with then we create very targeted marketing content messaging in help in in making them understand how my product will solve their problem at different levels for a user we may <clears throat> talk about you know how easy it is to store files uh, by just one click we talk about usability here okay if i am talking to uh, let us say a decision maker cfos or financial officers or cios we talk about how my product can be an integral part of overall your company's vision and strategy for chief financial officer i may say that if you start if you subscribe to my product you will save at least 20% on your it storage costs which you can invest into your talent or into an r&d or into your expansion right talking their language is very very important always the need come first benefit and my product okay if if i go ahead and say that i have a brilliant product they'll say congratulations all the best always the need okay save 20% invest somewhere how i have a product for you right that is when you know they think that okay this guy is thinking about me solving my problem if i talk to a ceo i'll talk about the vision don't waste your time thinking about uh, you know how to solve uh, my storage problems think about how to expand your business into new territories we'll take care of your storage problems yeah don't worry about it ceo thinks that okay these guys are taking one pain point from my table let me do something else right this curated messaging across the chain is very very important to become a very successful b2b marketer if you go with plain vanilla messaging across the table it doesn't work so when you go to ceo go with a vision when you go to cfo go with the cost and who are the other influencers and how would you approach them so chief technology officer is one influencer chief information officer is another influencer when you're talking to ctos or cios you talk about multiple factors because they think about security they think about compliance they think about integration with existing software and services so once the delivery managers or the project managers you know start endorsing your product internally then all these discussions happen over workshops where the vendor it vendor will do and demo the product will create uh, some pilot test cases to show how this product works with other products maybe i may have adobe uh, in my i may be using adobe for designing and you're bringing some other uh, software will they talk to each other will i have any compatible issues so as a vendor i'll go and demonstrate such uh, questions you know uh, in in a one on one meeting and and try to con- convince them and influence the opportunity so this is what happens you know the involvement of various stakeholders differ based on the type of purchase they make ceo so, may spend uh, uh-huh. please go ahead 
So CMO, the chief marketing officer, what would you say? What would you pitch to a CMO? No, I, I mean, what would I say to a CEO or CMO? CMO. What would you uh-huh. say to a chief marketing officer to sell your product, which solves the marketing issues? See, what can, let's understand what kind of products that a CMO purchases. A CMO may require a CRM software, customer relationship management software, okay, uh, to run his marketing campaigns. Along with running marketing campaigns, the customer uh, relationship management software will also save customer data. Okay. So as a CMO, the main, the, one of the biggest pain point for any CMO is understanding the customer. <laughs> I mean, if I know what is in the customer mind and, uh, you know, for me, it becomes very easy to give that offer to him. Okay. If I say that my software will help you unlock the customer insights better than the competition. In, and if I can prove that, you know, I can, I have a deal there, I have an opportunity. So understanding this requirement, as I said, very, very important. Because, you know, since they are in the market and they understand, uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work. I believe, you know, when it comes to purchases, you know, they'll make smarter choices. And, you know, and, and selling to a CMO, Again, you know, the marketing team, one default uh, behavior that every marketing exhibit what product that they are interested in. What are the pain points of an HR person? HR person, one of the biggest pain point is, <laughs> for me, I think the biggest pain point is uh, company's culture. Why I say it is the biggest pain point now is because after COVID, Many things have changed. Okay. And I'll tell you my real time, real life example of why company's culture plays a very, very big role. So after IBM, I joined a mid-size IT company called as Amazon Technologies. You know, they are a mid-size boutique IT services company, uh, which has brilliant culture. I used to go to office every day, engage with our team, brainstorm the ideas, and then, uh, you know, runs very specific targeted campaign, marketing campaigns. After Amzor, you know, I joined a company called as Value Momentum. Again, that is a very niche uh, focused, you know, IT service company. Go to office every day, interact with the people. Yeah, you know, be work very, very closely with the C-level executives. Everything went well. And after that, COVID happened and we started working from home. After, from Value Momentum, I joined EY, Ernst & Young. Okay. I always, Ernst & Young was one of my dream companies to work with because of the brand name that, that, that it has and the work culture that it has. But unfortunately, 90% of the time or 95% of the time, I was supporting my teams remotely, working remotely, uh, interacting with my team remotely. Honestly, I couldn't able to experience the real EY culture, <clears throat> right? What happened with that is, you know, when I quit EY, Unfortunately, I did not feel bad that I was leaving a great culture. The company is phenomenal. I'm not complaining about that, but I couldn't be able to experience that. If I experienced EY, maybe I might have spent more time and had the stickiness with that brand. I think this is where the HRs are facing phenomenal challenge in terms of keeping the remote employees engaged and experience the culture and reduce the uh, churn rate. That is one. Yeah, that is and what the other one would be recruiting, I guess, which is the pain point, as you mentioned, recruiting talent. See, then my recruiting 
has always been a pain point. I'll tell you one example, man. I mean, this opened my eyes. I was working with a company, you know, as, as head of marketing. And you don't believe I interviewed more than 50 people for a role, content marketing role. Okay. I was not getting candidates, right? The first question the content writer used to ask is, Sanjay, you know, give me the keywords. I'll write the content. I said, okay, I'll give you the keywords, but you know, I want you to write original content. Okay. So, uh, uh, I, I couldn't able to get any candidates, you know, I interviewed, you know, people who are not meeting my expectations. And I, I said, let me do, go and hire from a university. I went to a university to interview masters in English literature candidates because I wanted somebody with good English knowledge. So I went ahead, I introduced my company. I have uh, the first thing the uh, candidates asked me is, you know, Sanjay, you know, your company sounds good. How much are you paying? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pay uh, to your expectations, right, candidate? I did not give a figure. To my surprise, 20% of the class, the student, they walked out of the classroom, of the interview room, whatever, okay? I was surprised, you know, uh, candidates are very, very, some candidates are very, very clear on how much they want to earn and what kind of companies they want to work with. And I'm good with that. You know, they did not waste their time and my time either. And then I gave them a report, a two-page report, and I said, write, do a crazy writing, you know, short summarize it. Despite being a MA literature candidate, you know, again, I struggled shortlisting them. One person, you know, it may sound funny, but he wrote saying that, why are you hiring people, you know, with good English literature? You know, I'm very, very good at native language. Why don't you give me an opportunity? <clears throat> I mean, I'm telling you all these funny stories, examples, because, you know, all as a recruiter, you know, once you are into the market, you have to go through all these different pains, you know, until you land to a right candidate. But after many attempts, you know, after many months, I could be able to get content writers, you know, who matched my requirements. Just imagine, you know, the AI is a buzzword here. Everybody talks about AI. Everybody says that AI will eat into the jobs. But one basic question is, you know, how many people understand how to work with AI? Okay. How many AI users do we have right now? Right. So that actually uh, started opening up new opportunity called as AI consulting. I just don't sell you a product, but I'll also teach you how to use AI. I mean, there is, that is an opportun opportunity which evolved because people, you know, don't have the expertise in understanding AI. So things like that evolve. And if you want to hire people who has AI expertise, trust me, it's going to be pain because there are very, very few people who understand AI and can build AI models. So for example, if you have a product which uses AI for recruitment, how would you pitch a HR person in a company? Right. So another, I mean, you touched upon a very good pain point here. If somebody uh, publishes a job post on LinkedIn, he will be swamped with hundreds or thousands of CVs. And a recruiter, you know, if you start shortlisting the CVs, you know, hundreds and thousands, you know, he cannot hire in his lifetime. So if a recruiter or the vendor can train the AI 
on how to shortlist resumes based on certain parameters like keywords, experience, uh, companies that they worked with, colleges or uh, certificates they have, universities they studied, okay? As well as not just the keywords, not just the uh, uh, project experience, but it has to be a context-based shortlisting, right? If they can do that, okay, it can make the job of a recruiter easy by shortlisting maybe 20, 25 odd CVs from a swamp of, let's say, 1,000. Unfortunately, but there is one disadvantage with this approach. I may be a very, very good candidate, you know, with all the skills, but if I'm bad at writing my CV, if I'm bad at explaining my um, skill set in the format which AI understands, you know, I cannot get shortlisted again in my, in my lifetime unless I get a reference internally, okay? So this is a part and parcel of learning Tanmay, where mistakes do happen. But I think, you know, the companies who are hiring and the candidates who are applying for a job should be open and, un and understanding about the learning curve that AI brings in. Let's talk about promotion strategies mm -hmm. or B2B marketing. Yeah. We spoke about how <clears throat> to go with the IT vendors. So mm -hmm. just one step back for these IT vendors, how do you uh, go and are they responsive to the general email ID on their website or do how, how do you reach these IT vendors or do they give attention to people applying? Definitely. So there are multiple ways than mine in which one can influence an IT vendor. So nowadays startups are getting spotlight whenever they raise series A, series B for series C fundings. Okay. If a company can raise, let us say, $100 million in funding, obviously, you know, that becomes a talking point and they can go and pitch about the great things they did and why the investors are excited to invest in them and it becomes a very, very easy uh, case study for them to partner with any uh, software company, vendors. You know, it's, it's a success story already. Let us say a company which is built using seed funding, means they build with their own capital. Here, they can they can sell by demonstrating their product through different use cases or case studies. First thing is early success. Okay, do whatever it takes. Beg, borrow, steal. Do whatever it takes. Try to get one or two customers who are willing to endorse you. Okay, that is very very important. Once you have alliances team. Sanjay, I got a notification that you are out of uh, browser memory. You will have to restart the browser tab. Just close the tab and start it again. Here yeah, I'm back. Yes. Okay. So I'll how to reach these alliance marketing officers in IT vendor companies. The one way to reach these alliance marketers is through LinkedIn. So search for your companies that you want to reach out to. You will, you will easily uh, get the, uh, you can easily reach uh, these alliances marketers through LinkedIn. Send an invitation and then, uh, you know, <clears throat> try to get an appointment with them. Okay. These alliance managers, once they see a demo or a promo of your product, maybe, you know, you can record a 
one minute or two minute demo of your product, share it with them, and if they're interested, they'll come back to you. Come back to you. Then have a meeting with them. If they're really excited, discuss terms and conditions, and then you know you can partner. When I say this, see, when it comes to execution, there are many layers uh, in this. For example, these alliance managers will have to again pitch your product to their internal stakeholders. Who are these internal stakeholders? Again, the business leaders. Okay, one business leader may be focused on driving uh, uh, the. Uh, they may be focused on banking and insurance industry and the business leader may be focused on maybe uh, retail industry so they need to understand where are the synergies in and they have to pitch your product internally and once there is synergy between the respect to business leaders alliance managers and your product the partnership happens okay that is the shortcut okay don't burn marketing budgets by doing digital ads and all okay it is important to create awareness about the product but if you are if you're willing to partner with IT vendors, I would say this is the best route. Okay. <clears throat> and coming to yeah, please go ahead. Uh, before I coming to shorter vendors, you said the other channel was to directly go to companies. So yes. let's take a different example in this case. Mm. If this product, if this mm. SaaS product caters to smaller companies or groups, right? If this product so, caters to smaller companies or groups. How do you reach them and market to them? And what are their pain points? And what would get them easily attracted to come and do business with you? So Tanmay, the success for any marketing team depends on how well they understand the buying process. Okay. Who are involved in make in making or influencing the buying decisions. Okay. And Typically, uh, you know, what is the buying cycle of a company, right? What I mean by buying cycle, if you, for example, if you want to buy, a, let us say a shirt or a t-shirt, how much time you spend in making the buying decision, maybe 30 minutes, one hour. If you want to buy a car, maybe you'll do research for a week or 10 days. If you want to buy a house, maybe you will search for a month or two. So the time you take to make this buying decision is called buying cycle. Okay. Similarly, an organization in B2B typically takes anywhere between 60 days to 90 days to buy software as a service kind of products. Okay. So once a company identifies an opportunity, they need to give that much of time to make sure the deal happens. Okay. Let, let's keep that in mind in your, in your, in your back of your mind. <clears throat> now, let us say that. The first and foremost, very, very important aspect, this is where most of the marketers fail, is defining the target market very, very accurately. Okay. Marketing nowadays, unfortunately, is all about numbers, right? I reached out to 1 million people. Again, the question is, so what? You know, uh, maybe I, I drive, let us say, uh, 100,000 views on my website. The question is, so what? Okay, I deliver, let us say, 1,000 leads in a month. The question again is, so what? Right? Why I say so what is, when I say any, anything associated with number, the next question should be, you know, what is the quality of that number? How are you defining a lead? How are you defining an opportunity? This is very, very important. Okay? So once the target market is identified, 
and here the marketing team the sales team the product team <clears throat> and the finance team many times people will neglect including finance teams in defining the target markets okay finance team bring a very very sound perspective of helping you understand what is the average deal opportunity that you can expect from a particular type of vendors particular type of companies for example sorry maybe a financial service financial bank or a financial services company may crack a minimum uh, may sign a minimum uh, deal value of let us say 500k okay a media company may sign a minimum uh, value of, deal value of maybe 100k right these kinds of inputs are very very important <clears throat> to create the target market mix for a marketer unfortunately what happens is marketing works in silos when they do market planning go to market planning they work among themselves right they have to involve the sales team the product management team uh, the finance team at least as well as the strategy team together when they are building the target market once they are clear with the target market then they have to do something called as market marketing mix okay in other it is also called as integrated marketing mix but before doing that i'll i'll tell you another challenge that i had while recruiting marketers okay this can be a lesson for uh, marketing people who are applying for jobs and and looking to uh, switch between companies whenever i hire a marketing team marketing person the question i ask is if i have to meet a target of 1 million dollars in a quarter how will you prepare a marketing plan what you do in marketing how will you prepare it then that guy always starts saying i'll do an email campaign i'll do a paid social campaign i'll go to events i will uh, you know do paid search campaigns blah 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 after i hear this i will i will say i i'll reply to him saying that thank you for the feedback you know i'll get back to you i'll not hire him okay why i'll not hire him is once you know the target that you want to hit as a marketer right you need to understand how can i achieve this who brings this revenue uh, to the organization is it 10 companies or 100 companies or 1000 companies how many companies should i sign deal with to reach this number that is where the input from finance team is very very important i will say this is my target market i want to reach out to 1000 companies tell me what is the minimum opportunity value that i can expect from each of these companies he will say okay opportunity can be 100k on an average based on your mix from each of these companies right so now i know to hit 1 million target okay i have to reach out to maybe 1000 or 2000 companies based on the input that i received from the finance team from a deal size perspective the next question is i'll talk to the sales team and, and ask them hey what is our conversion rates if i'm giving if i bring 10 leads how many will you convert he will say our conversion rate is let's say 20% give me 10 leads i'll convert to so out of two i know from the finance team that i can clock 200k revenue right so to deliver let us say 1 million i may require 100 opportunities at least to sign up my opportunity is 20% right so i have to bring in at least 
1000 leads or opportunities once you are clear with this number then you focus on marketing mix i will look at all the channels that helped me bring leads by looking at my previous campaigns what worked let us say events helped me bring 100 leads click emails helped me bring 200 leads i'll do email campaign paid media paid marketing like paid ads paid search brought me 100 leads click and then influencer marketing brought me 100 leads my partner marketing co 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 marketing brought me 100 leads i look at all those things once i have this the, the next thing is budget by default if i want to deliver 1 million of revenue i will look at at least having one sixth of the budget in my pocket so one sixth of 1 million could be around 200 or whatever million whatever it is right so that budget and based on which channel is delivering me more leads i'll focus i'll prioritize that i'll channelize all my efforts into driving those activities like events email campaigns paid media linkedin campaigns working with influencers i will divide my budget by priority and by the uh, propensity of which channel will deliver me more leads and then i will do the budgeting there so now i'm clear with my target market i'm very clear with the uh, average deal size i know how many leads i i require to deliver uh, to the sales team so that they convert and then they meet 1 million of revenue i also know what budget i need i also know what uh, routes will deliver me the these opportunities once i'm clear with all these things the real execution starts before i do the execution the first thing i have to do is enabling or educating the sales team and all the other people who are involved in this deal process sales team my partners my technical sales team business leaders c level executives i have to sit with them give a thorough presentation on why i am going to market with this marketing mix what to expect when i am delivering when will the lead start hitting the crm and when should the sales should start acting on this on, on the sales that i bring in right <clears throat> in that particular meeting i have to get into an agreement with the sales team about the quality of leads i will say that any person who will request for a meeting is a sales lead that may be my definition of a sales lead the sales lead says no no that is not sales lead anybody who will share their budget to purchase our product is a sales lead that means they come to a call and they say okay i like your product i have 200k and this is the budget i have what can you do for me only if they make this commitment i'll consider them as a lead right there is a conflict here in coming to an agreement on the lead so tomorrow the marketing will go and they say hey we scheduled a thousand meetings in this quarter so i deliver thousand leads sales skills of thousand only 20 people say they have budget so your leads are useless this is where the conflict arises between marketing and sales though that is where the concurrence and the agreement between the sales and marketing is very very important and they should make sure that they shake hand in this meeting uh, in the presence of the key stakeholders so that if any conflict arises <clears throat> there is a clear understanding of where things didn't work properly okay 
once you are done with this tanmay you look at your internal resources do you have resources to deliver on my plan if you don't have resources should i bring in external expertise right if we, i as i said you know i struggled to hire a content writer so i looked at hiring external uh, taking help from external content writers i may not not have expertise in uh, driving uh, paid campaigns that is when i started working with agency and then and finally start delivering and working very very closely with the sales team looking at how the uh, opportunities progressing across the sales cycle are there any roadblocks <clears throat> or are there any new opportunities that we can delve into and finally closely monitor all the parameters of the metrics constantly i mean when i was driving these campaigns i used to have these uh, uh, dashboards open all the time you know whenever i used to run the campaigns to see what content is performing what content is not performing who is clicking on what what kind of questions my target audience are asking and uh, you know how can i convert his question into an opportunity and things like that so yeah this is how we we go and uh, you know start promoting and create opportunities so i can go Fantastic. in detail discussing Fantastic. about this yeah this will be very helpful for the employees who are trying to apply you gave the whole picture about whom to consult how to define before you start and not that go exactly. blindly i want to ask you a second question from the standpoint of a startup who do, who don't have these kpis or set they don't know how many people you need to call to get this many leads they don't have these ratios till now they don't have a cfo or past history records of these things so i'll take my own example i want to reach a target of 2 crore rupees of revenue per month and my target so first of all how to define a target my services that i provide is doing videos and doing promotions managing social media doing podcast for the audience so number one is how how to define the target second is at what budget should i import 5 lakh contracts 10 lakh contracts for each or should i look at 1 2 lakhs and then how to approach them okay so i will charge you for this answer <laughs> <laughs> so then my you know uh, see in today's world you know it's it's a we are living in a very different world than i started my career okay so it was when i started my career it was very very traditional right so we had sales team and sales when we and marketing used to only do brand promotions and making sure that we are seen everywhere but when it comes to very specialized services that you are offering like maybe creating podcasts talking to influencers first thing is you should create viral content virality is the need of the hour you know need of the hour now once you are viral with maybe one content it can be a controversial content or it can be funny content it can be whatever it is once you have that you need to crack that once you have it the next thing is how do you start partnering with other influencers who can benefit from the viral content that you created and vice versa and and take it from there so <clears throat> here one key parameter that we started even in b2b uh, we started tracking is virality rate what do you mean by virality rate how many people are sharing your content across different platforms that will bring you 
uh, if that they're losing more eyeballs to your video and uh, you know help you you know uh, create that mind space in your target audience so i think you may not have anything no budget nothing but do whatever it takes to create that one viral video that will change that can things change can change things overnight and number 2 is defining again you don't have to do hundreds of things to uh, reach your target right it's very very important to define that space that you want to uh, work on my i think it can be uh, core you know uh, concepts like b2b marketing or ai or blockchain or anything but <clears throat> to hit a revenue of 2 crore in a video podcasting or you need people you know you, you need more eyeballs you need people you know who are willing to pay or willing to watch your video on youtube so doing this kind of videos again will reduce your viewership which, which which can impact your viewership rate because how many people will be interested in b2b marketing maybe people who are either studying marketing or people who want to who are genuinely interested in marketing right same same thing goes with ai and other aspects for so, example i want to do it for a ai company uh, uh, i want to help other startups promote their businesses through videos So I'll make content yeah. for them. I'll tell I'll tell their stories. So podcast is just one mean, and then we can break down the podcast into shorter contents and do animations for that, and so on. So I just gave an example of yeah. AI as a service, but it can be a different a consultant or a other product who is providing. Yeah. So for them on their own pages, I want I thought of doing it. So what do you think about success so, in that? Uh, see. Uh... See, see, what is the difference between somebody paying, let us say, five six lakhs for an auto car, and fifty lakhs for an Audi car? What is the difference? The difference is definitely the quality. Number one, right? The perception, right? So then, my I I apply the same logic to you as well. So what are you bringing to the table? How your stories are different from other brand stories? What is that USP? Why should somebody you know watch your content and not anybody else's content? look at see the, the the easiest way is copy your copy the uh, from uh, from the people you know who inspire you to successful make successful competitors yes and add your own personal pers- and your personality into it i think this is the shortest way and the smartest way to start doing that create a package and always go with your success stories tell them you know uh, what happens is we always focus on telling our stories let's flip the coin you know tell their stories tell them you know why they are not successful or how they can be more successful with your services if you are targeting let us say five brands or 10 brands that you really really want to work with build very custom stories for them it can be a jewelry company like joy lakas or maybe automobile company like maybe a let us say ev is now very very famous now there are many ev vendors you know startups who are launching just focus do a very personalized video for them and try to get into a partnership with them if that becomes viral if that brings value to them you are one net star so that is how you, that is one way you can do it don't don't sell your services show show them in a way that they never thought about themselves from more from my users perspective or consumer perspective which will appeal to users like you and me that can be differentiated that you can bring in 
I'm just giving an example. It can work or it may not work, but that is how I would approach. I'll I'll not go broad. I'll I'll go very niche. Speak fight and players and try to crack a deal with them by telling their stories from the perspective that adds value to their thought process and they start thinking differently and then they see value in your contribution because you are giving them for free right and it is a showcase of your skills there's nothing for them to lose but everything for you to gain so i thought b2b would be a niche because not many tech founders are able to explain their ideas in a human connect way so that's right. where i could help them do that but then the question was these people who are doing this who are not capable who, who don't have a cmo till now will they have budgets to 5 to 10 lakhs to do the promotions in that way or tell the stories because b2c spends more on ads i mean creating content right compared to b2b that is my understanding what do you think see b2b spends a lot in marketing okay and there are some companies whose marketing budget is way way higher than their r&d budget okay but you need to understand where are they spending the money right b2b spends a lot on content creation you rightly said we b2b where b2b companies fail is you know they are so obsessed with their product because day in and day out they always talk about product development r&d uh, you know project dashboards reviews rois they share the same messaging the same the same thought process to the marketing team marketing team they also keep thinking about their product okay how to market my product first stop thinking about the product start thinking about the customer end user then you will start telling the real human stories okay one company does this brilliantly okay is ibm so ibm has a practice called as csr corporate social responsibility using their services and products they try to bring change within the communities that they want to serve in their stories they will never talk about the products they'll talk about the change that they brought in they'll show the happy faces they show how people how they empowered people at the end of the story somewhere they talk about how oh, we use these products to bring this change right but the story is human story they do this with their corporate social responsibility page when it comes to the core solution pages they talk about the product okay <clears throat> again if you want to make impact in b2b start i mean human uh, creating a story that has human angle i think that will work brilliantly the the thing the next question is will it help in creating the leads or not right it may or may not create the leads but i'll tell you how it works the lead generation in marketing for me it is more like a con subject why i say it's con subject is i will say that anybody who visits my landing page is a lead okay anybody who fills a form is a lead okay i mean i say that that's not how it is right you need to create that purchase intent that is when somebody becomes a lead or an opportunity until then he is somebody who is browsing who is learning about your services let's keep it there right unless and until sales say that okay we have a lead it's not a lead let's not call it a lead 
but marketing here the ball this many leads this many leads you know i i as as a guy you understand the entire cycle i understand what hits the bucket okay what is very very important and most marketers nowadays don't focus much on is brand marketing perception marketing your videos create perception and perception marketing or brand marketing will help company to build very sustained client relationships for long run any client who exhibits stickiness with your brand will become your advisor he will come to various platforms endorsing your brand he will partner with you in taking your brand forward your brand vision forward along with theirs and they will help you sustain and during turbulence times like covid or slowdowns or any other unexpected calamities but that is where the brand marketing shows his powers i think that is where you need to start playing and stop talking about leads that is amazing and it creates a deeper contact with the customer and loyalty as you said even during the tough times uh, yeah. how do you pitch this suppose i say okay we'll charge this much for this and my philosophy has always been to charge as per the value we provide not a first thing and you see if it works or not not like that but what how much value i am adding to you and how so what is the metrics to measure how much value is being added or how would i how would they feel okay this much is worth spending or more than worth what i'm getting for the money we spend in the promoting okay. service for bm for ibm from doing these videos on csr okay so value is always a perception than my right for example if i work with a company like ogilvy for example ogilvy is a global brand and they do brilliant videos brilliant content they'll charge premium but i will partner with them because i know that if i partner with a company like ogilvy i am in safe hands right in my previous company you know value moment term we used to work with a vendor who used to charge roughly about 3 to 4 lakhs for a let's say 3 minute video is it a premium 3 to 4 lakh for one video one video yeah that's a premium right but we were willing to pay because of the quality that he brings in okay why again you need to showcase what you bring to the table i mean why should somebody partner with tanmay to create a video what is your usp tell your story before evaluating any vendor as a marketer my uh, finance team says bring me at least three different quotes from three different vendors and you tell me why we should go with one vendor okay if you can get a place in those three shortlisted vendors you're almost there have you do that showcase your work on your platform on your video use linkedin to reach out to a brand marketing team communication marketers okay communication uh, internal uh, communication managers these are the people who are constantly in hunt for people who deliver brilliant content if you can reach out to them with your content you made it they are willing to pay premium because see it i can say i don't have budget i don't have time it's always prioritizing right and if you say a b2b company who is making 100 crore in a year don't have 2 lakhs 3 lakhs to produce content you know i i won't believe that even you will not believe that it's always about priorities and all over convincing again as i said tell their stories not your story 
you say you have brilliant product but your positioning is bad you position this way it will help you get more eyeballs and it will deliver long term benefit right and you show it through your examples i can do this for you do you have very personalized pitch get into a meeting show show your show your uh, work and uh, you know it 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 works again the most important thing that nowadays marketers don't have is patience have patience and perseverance <clears throat> be genuinely interested don't try to upsell just say i can do this for you if you're interested we can work trust me 90% of the time it works you don't believe you know in one of my previous company you know i loved the work of a company so much even though they rejected me they said i don't have to serve you i was behind them <laughs> you know i am a vendor i am behind a service company and asking them to provide their services for the benefit of my company i chased them for 3 to 4 months and once they had bandwidth you know i was i was sure that i was on the priority list to uh, come and serve me so that is what quality uh, uh, you know delivers or uh, you know at, at the end of the day amazing so you gave a slight example about yourself i want to dive deep and ask you about the challenges the biggest challenge you faced in your career in so many countries so many companies and how you overcame that so tanma you know for the benefit of our users you know i'll give a example this is very very relevant example even for the companies that want to excel in marketing let us take a mid size company of let us say 1000 employees or 2000 employees if you really want to market your services pick companies that are less than 5000 okay in employee size 1000 to 5000 employee size should be your ideal target because these are the companies who don't have very strong marketing teams okay they they have marketing teams who who do job but they won't have solid marketing teams like ibms oracles and microsofts because they come at a market has come at a premium price they can be your ideal targets among these companies 1000 to 5000 employee it companies just go and ask any person in a finance team or hr team or development team to describe what their company sells or you know what are the products i bet 90% fail to tell what the company is selling or the marketing okay if a company cannot market to their employees internally about the product services expecting their employees to market about their products externally it doesn't make sense right if i cannot understand my company my offerings my value prop how will i act as brand ambassador of my company this is one of the biggest problem that we were facing in one of my previous companies people don't know what are we selling they are very happy coding they are very happy testing a service they are very happy uh, you know doing financial transactions they are very happy doing their own stuff we wanted to break that culture and you know educate everybody about you know what the company is all about that required lot of internal branding in other words you know the fancy term is called employer branding you know which involves internal comms versus how you brand your employees as stalwarts to external world so that people are excited to work with you like how google microsoft everybody excited wanted to work with google and microsoft right because their employees work as their brands we wanted our employees to become the branded workers of our company this is where and then there is another thing that i observe is that you know uh, 
the C level executives, right? See, they are the founders, they build their own products and they love their product. And if they, if they want the company to grow, I think they should stop loving the product or getting obsessed with their product and start understanding that there are challenges with the product. This is what I observe genuinely. Because whenever I used to go and pitch up the channel, they say, hey, everything is good. Yeah, why are you creating this one? I understand their perspective because it is not in the priority list, right? So to break that, that is where we started doing internal communication, explaining about our products and services, telling our customer stories. But again, there is no stickiness into the market. We really wanted to do something very viral internally. And then, you know, at least make them feel great about the company they are working with. That is when I started to break the traditional thought process and doing something out of the box. So this, ha this all happened before COVID. That is when we started uh, you know, engaging with this third party guy, you know, who is expert in creating the branding and perspective uh, uh, marketing, worked with them. He came up with some brilliant ideas, right? Our company has different <clears throat> departments. Each department, we named each department with a specific theme which is surrounded around the core value that they offer. We had uh, t-shirts printed, we have mugs printed, we had bags printed, we have selfie booths. We started doing mini events within the uh, uh, within the organization. We even, instead of, uh, you know, we took some budget out to organize, you know, com company meets and quiz programs and things like that. This exercise happened over a an year. And after one year, we see specific, we, we see, a very observable change where whenever we talk about any new offering or service people at least were aware that okay this is what we do and this is how it benefits and the level of stickiness has improved it impacted in overall retention rate earlier it was 16 percent or something we couldn't bring it down to eight to nine percent that is one story right see here i'm not talking about leads i was not talking about revenues i was not talking about target markets i'm talking only about you know, fixing my uh, house before going and fixing the problem of my customers, right? Trust me, Ethan, my 90% of the companies that fall into 1,000 to 5,000 5, employee uh, size companies have this problem today. And they are not serious about it, unfortunately, right? So, yeah, another area for you to go and target. Yeah, I want to follow up with a question. A company should reach such a level where their employees can explain what they're doing even to their mothers and relatives. How can they do that? See, you are asking, that's a very tall ask, <clears> Tanmay. <throat> See, these quotes, they sound very well, you know, uh, to watch on TED shows and talk shows. But when it comes to reality, it's very, very difficult because I'm sure 90% of the employees don't they don't understand what the company uh, does end to end. And you are asking them to go and explain it to their mothers and sisters. It doesn't happen. That is where I'm telling you, there's a lot of opportunity for content makers like you to bring that human angle. Okay. How I, I you, you can say that, for example, <clears throat> my company creates software solutions for the hospital. It creates, let us say a band or a watch, which will monitor your heart rate, your, your respiration rate. And if there are any uh, abnormalities in your heart rate or respiration rate, it will ring the bell to your nearest hospital and your two or three, your emergency contacts. 
okay for you this is a product that you are offering how will you tell your story you have to tell your story from the lives of the people who you shared with your product a young girl may be so overwhelmed so happy that her father is has returning coming back from the hospital because he is a sole bread earner and now they know that her father is back and they can you know <clears throat> they can since once again you will have to restart the browser uh, it says the hard there's less space on the hard disk so are you using incognito mode yeah go to the regular yeah i'm back can you hear me yes i can thank yeah. you for restarting that i next i wanted to talk about some strategies so in marketing schools we always talk about what pepsi did and coke did and apple did uh what and some like mind blowing strategies from your world could you share some okay so uh so here we are comparing b2b and b2c right let me talk yeah, about they the mostly part. discuss b2c in the companies so yeah it'll be great to hear b2b strategy promotion campaigns okay so in b2b most of the promotion happens let me i'm thinking about uh, one of the campaign uh okay let us take example of ibm here ibm ran a very successful campaign called as think for a very long time okay I don't know if you remember they had a laptop called as ThinkPad. Okay, they were the pioneers in introducing analytics. They are the pioneers in introducing the AI. Um, I, I, I mean, even before we have Facebooks and uh, Instagrams and all these social media, you know, they introduced the product called as IBM Connections. You know, I, 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 I worked in that division. You know, which is which is social media for enterprise, right? So. it's it's only only one word campaign think that's all and think is a very very powerful word right what do you mean by think thinking is the one that changed the course of the world right a person instead of sitting he thought and he made a wheel and we and we know how to change the world so they made this thing so popular that you know everybody who used to think about ibm they used to think that okay these guys are this guy this company is innovative company they bring new new product into the market and since the target market again is the b2b companies b2c players like you and me you know who are focused in pepsi's nike adidas may not know about this but this is one of the very very popular campaign that ibm has run for about i i don't know for four or five years and by default ibm means think think back think 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 innovation right and so from so how whom were these campaigns targeting were they videos where they just had the word think or how did it go see it's, it's a combo forget about video forget about the format of the content and my let us focus on the stories here what story you want to tell you want to tell a story about a student who want to become uh, who want to crack let's say iit and uh, he took help of uh, he 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 was uh, practicing all the mathematics or physics problems or whatever on his laptop and his laptop was so wonderful that you know it never hanged Process- processors are so powerful that you know it made his life so easy he became agile super fast or smart in solving the problems and he cracked iit 
and finally he has become a scientist in a nasa or somewhere okay this is a story if you want to tell how will you tell this story you can write a blog you can do a podcast and you can do a video and you can do uh, hundred other things with that okay and then comes the marketing mix here right how and where you want to promote this story if you want to promote this story on youtube you do a video if you want to promote this on social media maybe you do a uh, social media maybe a gif kind of a campaign you know which shows randomly plays something so everything depends upon the story you tell and the route on how you want to go ahead and uh, reach your target audience that is where the mix comes in for ibm thing it was a mix of many things ibm had huge holdings near uh, airports busy airports for example bangalore airport or delhi airport mumbai airport these are the airports where senior executives will will land from different countries and the first thing they see is ibm thing advertisement okay it is in their mind while coming back from airport to city you know they look at strategic areas and uh, you know they invest in holdings okay then there is a recollect right and then you go and uh, you know open your linkedin there is a pop up an ad saying ibm think if you want to know how we are delivering some of the innovation around ai download this uh, report if he's excited he'll download if he not he'll ignore it but using all these different touch points in marketing we call it this touch point okay one touch point is an airport another touch point is hoarding third touch point is your your linkedin fourth touch point could be uh, you know uh, something like uh, ibm may might have partnered with swiggies or amazons or maybe zomatos to just supply uh, the packaging with ibm logo ibm think logo on it and uh, you know uh, you, you ask amazon to package their product in the in this uh, new wrapper and again you know you can see ibm think on amazon delivery uh, uh, packaging as well that, that is one more touch point so there are multiple touch points and it's it's everything depends on you on how effectively you want to use it at the same time everything comes with, with the cost and what how much money you have to invest across all these chances brilliant for the story of the iit student using the laptop that's a bit of consumer centric story yes. how would you make a think story for targeting a cfo cmo or employees in a company so think story is again a brand story than mine you know we are not selling any product here as such we are selling the core what do you say uh, philosophy of the company here IBM thing we are an innovation company you want to partner with innovation company we are ready that is an awareness stage if you look at marketing funnel first thing comes the awareness stage we want to create a perception that IBM is an innovation company then if you are interested as a CFO or a CIO what innovation you bring to the table and how it is relevant for me then you start digging into very specific areas where you have a requirement it can be how can i automate my uh vendor pay payment process for a cfo right for a cio it can be how can i uh look at security uh risk dashboard okay so in one dashboard i i, I may want to see where is the threat coming for likelihood of threat coming from it can be one use case then they start diving deep into each of these areas so once they once i since i i once they click on a link and come to a particular section 
at the back end, I know that who is interested. And then I start targeting them with very specific to create opportunity for that particular solution. So that's how it happens. But here it's perception, right? I am, I am an innovation company. That is what should come to your mind first. Innovation company. Always yes. think, whenever you think about innovation, you think of IBM. That yes, should yes. be where it should yeah. hit. Yes, yes. Amazing. As I said, you know, so what happens, you know, this is very similar to the brand campaign that we discussed earlier. We are here in creating perception, right? And we are not here, we are not solving a problem. We are creating a perception about our brand. This is a long-term play. It's not like you do this for a quarter or two quarters and you say, okay, we are not getting results, let me uh, pull back. It doesn't work like that. Brand campaign requires a long-term commitment and the core belief that this is what we stand for. We stand for innovation. We believe in innovation. Even though it's taking time, let me commit to my campaign for long-term so that I can uh, get benefited in long run. So that is very, very important. What happens is, you know, why ca marketing campaigns fail? One of the main reasons why ca marketing campaign fail is because of very, very wrong goal setting. If I know I'm doing a brand campaign, I should not talk about leads. I should not talk about revenues. Rather, I should talk about the perception to the market. How, how I got the perception in the market? Number one is by reading. There are three things called as paid media, earned media, and own media, right? Paid media, I know I, I pay money to Tanmay and Tanmay will make a media, video for me. That's paid media, right? And you promote it on different channels. Own media is I write a blog, I do a video and I promote it. It's my own media. Earned media is the one that helps in understanding and analyzing your brand perception. What is earned media, right? What influencers are talking about me? What analysts are talking, industry analysts are talking about me? Okay. What these news channels are talking about me? I should constantly look into these different uh, signals, analyze, and then and, th and then see if I'm in the right track or not. Are we achieving my brand, uh, you know, goals or not? That is how you go and define. Fine-tuning the perception and how you look into after six months, I go and, and interview a bunch of customers or prospects and ask them what comes to their mind when they think about maybe Tanmay or IBM. If they say a thing, I'm successful. If, I'm, if they say something else, I'm not successful. I need to go and fine-tune my campaign and relaunch it. If you do goal setting correctly, marketing campaigns will be successful. If you start, start talking about leads in a brand campaign, it's, it's, it will fail. So, Beautiful. Talking about you, what are your responsibilities and main challenges that you take as a product marketing manager? See, product marketing manager, you know, in simple words, what do you do? I market a product. Okay. How I market a product? I mean, I try to create what is unique about my product and how it solves the, the problem of my end user. In simple words, that is what it is. My biggest challenge is, see, product marketing plays a very strategic role, right? There are many stakeholders. And my job is to make sure that every stakeholder is taking the right product message into the market. It may be the brand team, it may be the demand generation team, it may be the field marketing team or the sales team, or maybe the partners that you know you are working with. Maintaining consistent brand mess product messaging is very, very key. And that is where 
the first challenge arises. The second challenge is, see the market is so crowded. There's so many players solving the same problem, right? Creating a differentiation is, is another problem, right? So that the differentiation between our, uh, our company or competitor can be 0.001%. My job is to create, create a beautiful story out of that 001% of uh, differentiation that I have and create an engaging story so that, you know, it helps in creating the brand perception, the demand, as well as, you know, other uh, goals that the audience have. That is a major, major challenge. The third problem is the uh, nowadays the end users or the or the prospects are very impatient. They don't have time to read the content, right? They read the they, they look at the article. They spend 10, 15 seconds. If it's interesting, they'll read. If it's not, they'll skip. So the attention span of the end user decreasing every day. For me, engaging them with the content is another big challenge, right? These are the three big challenges that I uh, uh, that I constantly think of, how to create engaging stories, how to maintain consistent brand message, how to make sure that at least the internal folks understand, you know, what are we selling, right? So that, you know, when they go into the market, they can, you know, extend the message to the people that they are talking to. Can you give an example of a product or project that you recently published? Right. So, so Tanmay, I would skip this question with my current company because of uh, various uh, clauses, you know, because I'm working with Whichever them. Whichever you are... can explain, previous company or maybe when you yeah. started, whenever. Okay. So, see, I, I'll tell you an example, right? A real uh, time, real, real, real life example of, of how we... Uh, uh change the messaging right okay this this can be a lengthy example so i'll take a little break have my coffee okay so when i was working at ibm as i said you know i was part of the ibm uh, connections software which which is also known as enterprise i mean at this stage it's called as uh, social media for enterprise See, Microsoft was our primary competitors. Okay. So, uh, Microsoft, they created a landing page. That landing page is called as Why Microsoft. Okay. It is a Apple-to-Apple -Apple comparison between Microsoft and their competitors across various parameters. Simply say, why you should, why you should choose IBM? I mean, sorry, Microsoft and not the competitors. So what happened is our, our field sales team, whenever, you know, they come in uh, battle with Microsoft, Microsoft used to smartly direct the customers to why Microsoft page. And there are some 10, 15 claims against Microsoft, uh, against IBM saying, IBM can do this, they cannot do this. It has become extremely difficult for our sales team to go and negotiate each of the claims it was not easy right something which is a public and so they came back to the marketing and said we need something to counter attack microsoft on this okay at ibm we we never used to go public against competition because it can become a legal issue if we are quoting something wrong 
I mean, anybody can come back to me and say that, you know, uh, this, this claim is wrong about our company and I want to sue IBM for these, these reasons. So, and it's very, very difficult to uh, go past a legal team and publish any content against competition, right? But we had to do this, a lot of pressure from the stakeholders, from the, from different stakeholders saying we need to do something, okay? The internal enablements are not working. We need to put something out there in the market. So that is when we started building counter strategy saying, you know, why IBM and, and not any others. I was leading this project. I mean, start to finish, you know, from the messaging, from the design of the website uh, to uh, various reports that support our claims against our competitors. It it really challenged me because, you know, creating messaging is competition. I have to be very, very conscious about not quoting or misquoting anything about them. And number two is convincing internal teams that, you know, we can go against competition on on public platforms. Passing by legal was another big challenge, but we could able to do all these things. It, it took time, time, efforts, even, uh, you know, I had to... Uh, uh, face some criticism also all the way because of various reasons, but we could be able to launch and take the messaging out into the market, which became the default go-to channel for all these sales team if they faced against the competition and to counterattack their claims saying, hey, what are they saying is not true. And this is how we want to back it up, go and read the content here. I'm not saying this. I have endorsements from analyst sources like Gartner's, IDCs and Foresters who say that we are better than our competition. and this is the reason why you should believe in us and not believe in the competition. We solved that problem there. There was another competitive strategy that competitive marketing strategy that we uh, ran uh, at IBM is what happened is you know social media, Twitter was a huge platform at that at that point, and you know uh, Instagram how it was so popular back then. Twitter was so popular. And uh, every uh, company wants to, you know, have a huge uh, following base on Twitter and, you know, they want to make sure they want to closely gauge the engagement on Twitter and make sure they are trending all the time. <clears throat> so during the flagship events of our competitors, like Microsoft or Oracle or other, you know, they used to run the roost on Twitter, right? And that moment, you know, we were losing our brand social media share. So out of, let us say, 100%, I mean, let us say we were about 30% on an, on an average day. I mean, our social media share used to come down to 10% or maybe uh, less than that. And our social media team used to come back to us and say, I mean, hey, guys, you know, we, can, we should do something about this. We cannot let go the engagement that we had on social media during our competitors' flagship events. So how can we counterattack this? And trust me, Tanmay, this is one of the beautiful uh, projects that I did which I feel really proud of is we formed a team and we said, guys, let us not go and put something out there to create buzz in the uh, social media, right? Because we have content, we can put whatever it is and we can spend some money and, you know, promote our content. Let's not do that. Rather, let us sit and brainstorm what our competitors are most likely to announce in their flagship events. Okay, and what counter products we have, okay, against uh, the products that they are likely to announce at their events. This was a six months exercise, Tanmay. We used to read the competitive news every day, build the perceptions, 
like an analyst we used to come we came very close to analyzing what the competitors might might announce during their flagship events build the content in advance promote this 2 to 3 days ahead in time of their uh, uh, of the flagship events about the products that our products that are way better and it was like you know a punch on the face like i said guys you are about to announce but we already have it don't believe that that wow. helped in building the perception of the uh, of our target audience and we retained the market share during the competitors flagship events and we outbid one of our closest competitor market share during their flagship events because of the work that we did i mean thanks to the team you know who put their put their heart and soul into this project but projects like this you know will really um, excite someone as a marketer and these small small wins just just shows you know how you how you are thinking so couple of examples again i can throw more examples like this but i think these are unique examples where marketer may come across once or twice in his career you know to put, put a show like this that was like a gangster move yeah yeah it, it was i mean we, we were uh, brave enough or uh, we had the support from from the stakeholders as well you know we we said we want to take this movement it it worked amazing so much of planning and research and just uh, putting out your products before them and how accurate was the prediction about what they were putting out i, I would say it's more than 70% accurate and during one of wow. our nearest it was close 100% and we were celebrating on the floor wow. i you know when we saw these reports right it, it was like talk of the town at that, that moment in our teams guys did we really do this how come and we Bravo, Bravo. wow you talked about shares in social media so how is the kpi how do you evaluate the share in the social media presence or whatever you are you were analyzing so again some keywords you know we see you know who are trending you know who whose uh, engagement is more again some keywords again some hashtags and this is one parameter that we used to take and again you know we used to see how many followers were increased during that period in time and how many posts were actively again the same thing virality rate whose posts are getting more uh, comments shares and likes so all these different factors and we have a very we had a very dedicated social media team you know who used to create some brilliant reports with different uh, uh, you know parameters to analyze who is engaging you know based on roles company his geographies i mean you name it they had it yeah so we we can do one more detail system only on marketing reporting and marketing metrics because it's a huge vast subject it's huge topic huge subject okay. yeah and uh, see i i can go on and on yeah because 18 years i mean doing so many roles hands on you know i can go in depth no, i'm looking forward to it Let's uh, let's let's do another episode where we just talk about KPIs of marketing. KPIs of marketing and uh, see, I'm I'm a person you know who love to uh, get my hands dirty. You know, see, with my experience, you know, I can take up a, a people manager's role. But I like to uh, be an independent contributor, even though I led teams uh, in in the past because. it gives me an opportunity to experiment to learn and to make my hands dirty and to be in the field so that's what i always i always enjoyed 
so that is why you know i might have did maybe seven to eight different roles as a marketer market research analyst computer intelligence analyst content marketer digital marketer data strategist uh brand, uh brand manager and now product marketing manager so it's an opportunity that i created for myself you know whenever i feel that i don't have the skills i used to go talk to the respect manager and say give me an opportunity in this field i bring this to the table and i can take this forward with your help i mean there are some brilliant guys who trusted in me and gave me opportunities which in turn helped me to build the skills and the knowledge whatever you know i'm sharing here today so as a marketing manager not only with the computers but you have to also sell yourself and your idea to your superiors yeah. and the stakeholders <laughs> so then my so my question is who is not a marketer you are a marketer you are, you are trying to sell your podcast and you know i bought it right similarly everybody is a marketer in an organization the only thing is they don't believe that they are marketer that is when i that is where i i, I keep coming back saying that you know how many people know what your product sells in your organization so you you are the, the marketing team you know as long as they work in silos they they continue to struggle and suffer and they will be cornered because you know they'll struggle to meet their kpis because they are not making their team as you know behave as marketers internally it's very important you know next question as a marketer you have read a lot and you have, you have seen so much of the market and you have seen it grow i want to know about bangalore as a it hub bangalore sorry bangalore mm-hmm. as a it hub silicon valley of india how was it back then and how has it grown how is it now oh, that's a good question tanmay so back then it was do you want me to answer from a marketing perspective or a general it industry perspective open and as you feel okay so i'll do both let let me answer from a marketing standpoint see when i started way back in 2006 as a market research analyst with sap labs there was no concept of digital marketing all we had was a website that's all right digital marketing gained prominence in 2010 11 and you know it peaked in 2013 14 and now digital marketing is normalized right everybody is a digital marketer now okay so during that transition what i observed is people wanted to become digital marketers digital marketing is all about conversions hit rates engagement leads blah 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 right in the transition unfortunately most of the digital marketers stopped thinking about customers as a marketer customer should come first then everything okay unfortunately and and now i think things are coming back to normal people the digital marketers are again transitioning back to thinking more about customers and serving them okay that is the big change technology has changed the way people started marketing unfortunately <clears throat> due to the same technology thinking about customers has taken a back seat for certain period of time uh, which made which increased the sales cycles but now things are coming back to normal so this is the transition that i'm observing in marketing it was traditionally earlier focused only on brand messaging events digital marketing 
gave great, great opportunity to reach out to masses at large. And contrary, it also kind of, uh, you know, impacted the sales cycles and marketeers becoming more technology oriented than human oriented. And that is where I, I keep saying, you know, we are so product obsessed, not customer obsessed, right? <clears throat> that's what happened. That's where we come in. And that's where we come right. in to humanize your right. marketing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Coming to IT company, again, uh, back in 2006, 2007, when I started, you know, IT company, I mean, getting a job in IT company was looked at, was a great achievement back then, right? And, and I started my career with SAP Labs. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, I was so excited, very, very happy that I could be able to crack in one of the, you know, uh, best IT companies back then, even now. Now, IT company has become more dynamic in nature. And, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, growth in startups and the market has become more open, there was more acceptance towards new technologies. The new age young leaders are ready to take more risks, try, test, and then scale. They're not afraid to fail nowadays. Their investments coming in from multiple, uh, uh, yeah, you know, streams. So there is more room for innovation. What happened is with that, there are <clears throat> traditional IT companies like TCS, Infosys, who are steady, state and flowing. And they are this part of the startups and product companies, you know, who build niche companies, niche products, and, you know, who quickly acquire a billion dollar valuation and they look at exit strategies. Somewhere, there has to be balance between these two. If you are building a multi-million dollar company at the age of 30 or 32 years, I, I, I mean, uh, how can any traditional IT company match your expectations if you want to change the switch from, you know, a high paying product company to a, you know, average paying or uh, company that pays, pays with standards? That is where the huge parity is. That is where the talent gap is widening, right? <clears throat> so I think this will continue to, to happen. I don't see this will normalize uh, in near term because people, new guys, they're brilliant with what they are doing. And the, the traditional IT companies, you know, you might have, you, you might have recently read the news about some of the uh, more stable IT companies like TCS or Wipros. You know, they are looking at downsizing some of the IT folks, which were never heard of. This will continue because of the gap that has, yeah, uh, that is created between the talent that they wanted to have versus the talent that they have versus, uh, you know, the kind of uh, demands that the talent that is asking. I mean, uh, earlier we used to read the news about uh, Google's and, you know, companies like Google's or Microsoft paying up to 50, 60 lakhs for uh, college passed out. Now it has become normal. I mean, a, a person with five, six, six years experience is demanding up to one crore of a salary, you know, which is abnormal, right, these days. I think this will continue to happen until there is a, a normalization happens between talent spread in the IT company. So it is little, if you have the right skills, you can make money. Else, it may lead to dissatisfaction for the people who are working uh, with uh, some of the traditional IT companies. Back then, it was not like that. It was more normalized, right? Yeah, that's what the major so difference is. So you got to get skills because you're not just fighting with AI and startups. Uh, 
but no. things are moving very fast things are moving very fast and by and it's very very important uh, for uh, people to uh, keep grounded and stick to basics i think that is what i saw was missing you may be surprised if i make this statement that you know in india there is a huge shortage of leadership right what so kind? so people who can who can build vision of your company who can build your product vision who can build your uh, people vision who can build uh, industry vision right we are struggling industry is struggling for leaders who can take the company forward right today the big fat is in the middle management they are very good with project management they are very good with people management they are very good with client management but moving from middle layer to strategic layer how many people are ready there are very few that is where most of the it companies are struggling why they are struggling because the switch between middle layer to senior layer they need a very different mindset right and uh, unfortunately that is where most of the it companies are struggling to bring more leaders into uh, into the picture that is where you see a guy with merely 10 years of experience leading as bigger teams as uh, 500 600 people driving a vision right <clears throat> and uh, and this this trend may become normal because of the shortage that the it companies are seeing in the leadership space you talk about the scarcity in the leadership segment is it possible for a new pass out or person with less experience to directly jump the ladder and reach the vision uh, vision segment or how is how does it go because you said it ha- needs to have a different mindset right yes. see uh, i'll i'll tell you an, i'll tell you a story here then my so once there was a ship unfortunately the ship uh, was malfunctioned and it's it, and it is on the shore though and the owner of the ship you know he calls a uh intern and say hey my ship is not moving you know there's something wrong with the engine can you come and fix it so he comes he examines everything and he tries everything but you know he fails to fix it i don't know if you know the story or not then um, he calls another senior senior guy who's experienced in fixing the, the ships and he comes he examines everything you know he takes his hammer and he beats uh, at a particular spot on the engine for a couple of time starts the engine the engine starts if he says you know what's the difference the difference is the experience right so if you want to experiment with a new line of business or a new product innovation that is where i think the new guys you know who has hunger in a particular uh, who's hunger or obsessed with a particular line of technology maybe ai or or machine learning can lead and can become successful but if you want to if you want somebody to lead a business unit an industry focused business unit or a, a practice focused business unit when i say practice focused maybe somebody to lead an engineering team or somebody to lead a software testing team you need experience guys the new guys i don't think so they are ready because there are a lot of things that they need to understand practices the industry discipline uh, you know uh, understanding the various perspectives it, it requires a lot of uh, hands on experience right so that's how i would like so to differentiate that's fabulous and great uh, way to conclude this you yeah. can be a young hungry visionary and yeah. tie up 
or partner a bit person who has got industry experience and make a team like that and go it exactly yeah all right <laughs> Thank you so much Sanjay for being our guest today it was amazing to hear the stories and personal insights that you gave so much time to us very valuable thank you so much we'll talk to you very thanks, soon Tanmay. yeah thanks Tanmay you know i really Any, had fun you. yeah please go ahead no that's please what i was going to ask any closing remarks for the audience no i i would say you know if anybody is aspiring to become a marketer my only request is stay focused on customer technology keeps changing every day and you can learn it but stay focused on customer always prioritize market research right and always tell human stories that is when you build long lasting relationship with your customers with that then my you know thanks a lot for hosting me i really enjoyed the conversation and uh, i hope uh, we add some value to whoever is watching this show and yeah and uh, yeah all good absolutely the value that we have added is long term i mean you have discussed the core concepts that are eternal like in no matter how technology changes you will need those understandings thank exactly. you yeah. thanks anmay this episode is brought to you by tanmay shah that's me best way to support this show is by sharing this with your friends and dropping a comment and review on youtube Apple podcast and Spotify you can become my patron and a sponsor that's not all you can buy rock class merchandise and nfts and much more see all the links in description for details rock class radio with tanmay shah rock class radio rock class rock class rock class rock class radio with tanmay shah